So your church is trying to get into digital ministry and you're not sure what camera to get. Well, we don't know either, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Welcome to the Vlog Pastors Podcast, a podcast all about the stories and strategies of sharing God's love in the digital world. Now, here are two pastors that love to put a camera in their face and walk around in public. They are the Buzz and Woody of digital ministry, Jared Brown and Joshua Verwers. Hey everybody, I am Joshua Verwers. And I'm Jared Brown, and this is episode 64. And uh, whether you are joining us here in the live stream or catching us on a replay, we just want to welcome you to the podcast today. And if you come here every Wednesday at 1030, you can help shape the conversation and kind of let us know what we're doing for the day because we don't know. Yeah, that's exactly what happened today because we had just titled this episode as we're going live, Stuff and Things. Uh, and Diana Gladney called us out and says, nope, that's not happening on the podcast today. Pick a topic. No. Uh, so Solid she told us no. we needed to pick a topic that we couldn't just do whatever we felt like. Like it's, I mean, our podcast, if we wanted to like, it was our show. <laughs> My goodness. Ugh, fine. I guess that's what we get for allowing, you know, audience participation needs to be interesting. <laughs> needs to be trendy. What your audience wants. Well, who cares about what the audience wants? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We just wanted to run to yeah. infinity and beyond today. <laughs> there was a snake in my boots that's why we got started <laughs> late yeah right. uh so but to be completely honest we do probably have a little bit of uh insight and knowledge as small church pastors that do digital ministry as to what you ought to be looking for for camera gear and that's because we've done it wrong over <laughs> And over, well, no, maybe not wrong, but oh no, Canon M50 was block. wrong. <laughs> M50, how Canon wrong. M50 wrong? Uh, Canon M50 was wrong. You want to know how they're wrong? Oh yeah, because I how they're wrong. they wanted to neuter things and make sure that you couldn't record any more than 29 minutes and 59 seconds. But that's just Canon, and that is where I made my first mistake. I was went Canon? all in to Canon. I was ready to die <laughs> on that hill. I went in on a on a system that was. This just the culture. We've talked about this time and time yeah. again, man. The culture of Canon with them trying to limit. And that's where I realized that I'm going to be invest investing in businesses that just want to push the limits like Sony. <laughs> right. Uh, and for those that would be watching this video live or replaying, uh, what you are seeing Right here, this lovely view of me is on the Sony a6600 with the Sigma 16 millimeter lens on it. Uh, and then over oh, there goodness. for Jared, what are, what are you rocking over there? I have the Sony a7S 3 and I'm not sure, a Tamron lens of some sort, maybe is what, 16 to 70? What do they have? 18 to 70, 93 to whatever it is. It's a, it's a zoom. <laughs> Uh, and that would be like the F what 2.8 version F 2.8. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I remember right, maybe is yours the 28 to 70. Oh, that sounds right. Yes. 28 yeah. to 70, 28 to 70 F2 Tamron. F2 it was, yeah. it was the one that I really wanted. And then they came out with the 17 to 70 or yours is the 28 to 75. And they came out with a 17 to 70. And then I was like, Ooh, maybe I want that instead. And I just, haven't bought anything, but so all that to being said, yes, yes. Full disclosure. We are on Sony right now. However, both of us came over from Canon, Canon. 
And prior to even Canon, here's a little known fact. Uh, some of the first videos I ever recorded for our church was on a Nikon. Ooh, and I've dabbled a little bit in uh, Panasonic. Did some weddings on a Panasonic. Mm. It was uh, it was a, it was a ride. So it, it sounds like the only things that we aren't going to be able to really speak on would be uh, Fuji and Blackmagic. Mm -hmm. Like that—that's about the main small form cameras that you could potentially be looking at. Um, so that's that's kind of where we're at now. I want to I want to talk about this, Jared, but I want to talk about it in such a way that instead of us coming right out the gate and telling everybody that they should buy the FX30 when it drops later this month, instead of us saying you're going to want to buy the FX30 because it is the bee's knees and it is basically a unicorn camera, instead of us saying buy the FX30, instead of us saying that, sure. um, what we want to do is give them things to think about when they're looking for the camera, right. which all of these things may or may not may be in the FX30, which is supposed to release later this month, if I didn't mention oh, that absolutely. already. Um, <laughs> so first, first and foremost, we're talking about digital ministry, okay? So mm -hmm. digital ministry, that's what we do, and it is video first. Like that's that's one of the big things that when we sit there and we're looking at uh, that what we're going to be doing. Obviously, we're we're going to want to put video out there. Every single platform is going video first. Uh, if you didn't notice that already because you're still on Facebook, um, you should have noticed that already because when you try to post your Facebook status update that is just typed out, you ever notice how people complain that Facebook is suppressing their ideas? No, it's people just don't want to read your stuff. However, if you put a picture or even better, a video with it, Everybody sees it because people respond more. We are visual creatures. We have these these eyes that we're supposed to see things and look at and and we're visually stimulated. So every platform is heavily moving towards video first. Even the photo app of Instagram is now a video first platform. I think they even whether said they that want recently, to or not. didn't they? Yeah, whether they want to or not. To, to much the chagrin, I think is what they call it, yeah. to the... Uh, to the photographers out there, and we're also we're we're kind of speaking to the the smaller, you know, the smaller teams and the smaller churches out there. Because if you have a full on production team, then you, you know maybe you're interested in the FX30. Maybe that helps you out, but you're probably going to be pushing on into you. You don't need you didn't come across this video and go, oh man, what do I need to know about <laughs> how to get into you know digital right. ministry? So if you are you're the one man band or you have a couple of volunteers who are helping you out with video. Hopefully we're going to dive into some topics today that can help you out. Yeah. Um, so starting off when we're talking video and video first, and of course coming from small church sizes and small church, I think in the last couple of years, maybe the best attendance we've had was, I don't know, 35 people. Uh, and that would be the high end of what we've had over the last couple of years. So just so you know, that's kind of where, I'm coming in and saying small church, um, definitely sub 100 is what I'm considering small church. I know others will say sub 200. Sub two, yeah. I, I, I mean, when we're getting into triple digits, I, I can't even fathom that yet. So <laughs> I'm still in the double digit range. And part of that double digit range of small churches is that means we also have smaller budgets. 
And so when we've got smaller budgets, we're trying to really be hyper-focused on the stewardship aspect of what it is that we're purchasing for equipment and for tools, if the church can even afford to do it. Or maybe we're like many other pastors and like myself, where the equipment that the church uses is the equipment that I have purchased myself. And yes, yes and amen to that one, right, Jared? Yes, amen. So my, when, my when church we're... is really benefiting from this. <laughs> yes. So when we're doing that, that's where we really start to look at this. And because then it's like, it's, I mean, it's our money and it's like, we're putting this forward and we want to make sure that it will serve the most amount of needs. Um, let's most cameras. And we're going to be talking primarily, I think from my perspective, I think that the platform and the type of camera we should be looking at should be a hybrid type of a camera that does video as well as photo. Would you agree or disagree with that statement, Jared? Uh, I, I agree because like you said, um, you want to vary your content. I mean, if you're video first, video is king right now. But I mean, we're in 2022 as of the airing of this video, and there you still write things down. We're still reading books, so the written word hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, pictures are still around. They're they're su supplementary. So every now and again, you're gonna need a headshot. Every now and again, because you're a one man band, you're gonna need uh, to take pictures or photographs of that show that that you couldn't film because it, you know the lights were out, but you caught a couple yep. backstage you know, cast members and uh, you're going to want to have photo. So yeah. make sure that it does both at some level. I don't think it has to be a split and even split right. uh, photo video camera. So you're not looking for bifunctional. I think you need to, this is just my recommendation uh, for this stage. So catch me if I'm going too far, Josh, mm -hmm. but uh, it needs to be video first. I would recommend video first. Yeah. So something like, the FX30 right. would favor it. So it would lend itself more to a video first type platform. Yeah. You're not going to want an older, um, you know, rebel or oh, help me out. Uh, a T7I. Yeah. Yeah. T7I 60. Those, those picture first yep. platforms that really aren't going to help you out in video because their files, you don't know this yet, those files are monsters. Right. And, and they just, when when you try to do that, a, a picture first, give me one second, camera, a picture yeah. first <laughs> camera is going to be fighting to try and put things into video format. Whereas video first, they already, they thought through that element. They know you want video first. So they're going to try and put those codecs into something that you can yeah. easily use and post your files and then file management. Those types yep. of things will thank you later on for going video first. Yeah. And, and that's where that first camera that I really started on uh, and doing some stuff for the church. Uh, it was a, I want to say it was a Nikon D5100, if I remember right. Um, and it was a photography camera. It was, you know, a, I'm pretty sure it was a DSLR that, um, my mom was looking at, she wanted to get into doing some photography stuff. So we got that and didn't even know that it would actually be able to do video until having to dive through the manual and figure out yeah. how to, you know, adjust the settings to be able to get it to actually do it. And then it was like, I don't even know, remember what the format was, but the, <laughs> again, the format was so 
horrendous on it that I had to download a specific app just to be able to convert that into something that I could then edit. Well, see, that's the stuff that you don't need to be messing with as a beginner. I mean, you need to learn your camera. You need to learn your system for sure. Like, that's probably paramount. But that stuff discourages you from wanting to even post videos because it's like, wait, why Why does my image look so bad? Yeah. I'm not proud of posting this. So those, those types of things, they really limit you in the beginning. Yep. And now, to be fair, a lot of churches, they're using cell phones. And cell phone is a great place to start, especially with... Most of the cell phones now, they do. You can say a, the name. It's okay. You can say the name. Yeah, I can say uh, Google Pixel. Um, you you can they, call they the work. iPhone 13, 14, by name, all the way back to 11. Yeah, Samsung it's, it's, does an amazing job with all of their cameras on their phones. Um, you know, some of the, the leaders in the industry. Um, no, your, any smartphone that you've got, they do a really good job. Uh, and, you know, it, it basically it varies every, like, 12 to 18 months, who's got the leading camera quality on it. And it's back and forth. If you've got a phone that's newer than say even like five years old, it's more than sufficient for what you're wanting to do. The problem that comes into so much of these, especially if you have tried this at your church to live stream to Facebook using your phone, and then all of a sudden you get a phone call or you get a text message, or you get a notification, and all of a sudden you get all of those chimes and sounds, and you can't use your phone for anything other than just doing that without putting it on airplane mode and then just turning on your Wi-Fi, but disabling all of the other notifications on the app so that way you can still stream. And those these are phones. Like, yes, I know there are many computers in your pocket, but they are smartphones. They're not meant to do video first. That is one of the features they have, but it isn't there. So when you get to the point that you're starting to look for a camera and you're starting to say, you know what? I do want to take our production quality up in such a way that we're making it look like the videos that we're trying to put out for our church, for our ministry actually has purpose behind it. Like we've actually thought about this. It's not an afterthought, but it was a forethought. We want to create this stuff because we realize that's where the eyeballs are at and we're going to do it. Once we decide that we want to start to look at video first and we want to start looking for a camera, we're going away from the smartphones and now we're actually looking at gear, real equipment in there. The next logical, I guess, step that people could set there and look at is, you know, maybe something like I've got the Sony ZV-1. And mm-hmm. it's a point and shoot. And they can say, well, can't I use that? You could. And it would yeah. it would work. Close quarters kill, baby. However, <laughs> what, how are you going to use it? And this is where I think we really need to start thinking about how are we planning on using the tools that we have so that way we can get the right tool for the job. I yeah. get it. Small church ministry Sometimes we can't find the hammer, so we're using a brick. I get it. I've done it. Sometimes we can't find a flathead screwdriver, so we're pulling out our car keys. I get it. I've done that. But it's so much better if you have the right tool for the right job. So that's where you sit there and you think, okay, what do we need? Like when we're going to be finding a tool for our ministry, what are our needs? How are we going to be using this? 
that's where it comes in. You think, okay, video. So Jared, what would you think is probably the biggest area that we need to be looking at for video for cameras? Well, let me, let me hop on something that you said real quick, because I think it's important to note both of both you and I have counseled different churches, churches, yep, <laughs> churches, <I like> it. <laughs> different churches in pursuing this whole video thing. And I think what churches want, what the pastor wants is he wants a system that does everything. Yes. Everything. They, they want to be able to set up in the back with a long lens and snipe that person in 4K quality, 6K, 8K quality, and they want to see elevation worship coming off of that or whatever. <laughs> Correct. Coming out of that camera. And I think before we even get into what's needed, I think if we could um, kind of pare that down a little bit and say, what is the one target you want to go after? Yeah. I mean, future planning for sure. We would like to be able to do this in the future. But what that main element is, because if you're um, – I'm going to step on toes here because mm -hmm. it's been a while since I've referenced this. But if you're Trey Van Camp, give that man a vlogging camera. And, and like when he builds out whatever the church invests later on in the future for those long range thing, things to get his sermons and stuff. Great. But right now, give that man a vlogging camera and yeah. tell him not to stop and hire an editor or something to go behind him and just let the kid, let the, sorry, let the man run. Yep. Let the man run with that vlogging camera. That should be. You know, first and foremost. But if you're if you're Vaughn, you know, now we need to, he, what he's got going on right now is amazing. Yeah. But if you're Vaughn Sanders, then uh, he's he's a preacher, man. He's a, he's a teacher. He needs to go through the scriptures. He's gonna be he's not gonna be running around in the streets with his vlogging camera. So that's a totally different set of uh, of list of needs that you're gonna need to go for. So Correct. identify what right now. We're going to let's just use Trey's example. We're going yep. to vlog heavy, so we need to be run and gun vlog style, with a hope that in the future we're able to build out maybe upon that platform, maybe upon with some different cameras. We're going to look into something different for that. So well, I think just, identifying let's that. Let's touch first. on that real quick because you're addressing a style of video production that could potentially require a certain feature. Like with vlogging, the one thing that you would be looking at is some form of image stabilization. And because if you if you're holding that camera out and you're walking right. and you're moving around, it's going to become quite shaky. And for the person viewing it, that becomes jarring and it makes it yes. at times unbearable to watch because it just yes. it's shaking you all over the place. Whereas if you're setting down like we're right here, we've got them set up on tripods. We don't need image stabilization with this, um, but if we're taking them outside of the house, image stabilization can come in handy. Can you work without it? Absolutely. You've just got to make sure that you're still creating some type of a stable environment uh, right. or doing the ninja walk, you know, <laughs> to where you can try to do it or vlogging with a gimbal to help stabilize it. Um, so that what would you're be alluding to is that there's no perfect camera. So we're going to have to balance some trade-offs here. So if you're to look at a vlogging setup for sure, you're going right. to say, well, I need a I need a gimbal. I need some sort of stabilization. I need some sort, you know, you look through yeah. a certain lens. Also, you need a certain set of lenses because you're looking through a certain lens, you know. Correct. It, different environments, different uh, purposes. Yep. We are going to change that. Yep. Um, the biggest, here's the biggest thing that I would say for churches that they need to do. Like the number one, and this is where it'll start to eliminate 
all the competition out there. This will hone you in on just a couple manufacturers instantly. The main piece of content you should be capturing every single week is the one that you're already creating, and that's your sermon. Ask yourself, is my sermon less than 30 minutes long? Can I record less than 30 minutes long? Do I ever run over 30 minutes? Because if I do and I have a cannon, it's going to cut off the tail end of my sermon. So that's one of the first things that I did. And that's why I left Canon and went over to Sony unlimited record time, which absolutely the only limit on the record time is your battery or your memory card. That's it. Whichever runs out first. That being said, a 6600, it has the Z battery, it works well, and I'll put in a 256 meg uh, SD card. And that thing, I've had it recording in 4K for over two hours, and it doesn't turn itself off, and it doesn't overheat, sitting in a church with lights on everywhere. That's the type of stuff when I'm thinking, this is a piece of content that you're recording every week, capture it. Somehow, because small churches, especially if you're in rural locations, you may not have the internet bandwidth to even be able to stream. So all you might be able to do is record it and then post it later. So if you've got to at least be able to capture it and that's kind of where I sat there and I'm like, okay, let's do that. So you need to start looking at unlimited record times. When you're looking at that unlimited recording, you've pretty much cut out, I mean, Canon right out the gate. Like they just, they don't, they like to cripple it. They are a photo first company. They've said that. Yes, they have cinema lines. They do have video first uh, sections in there, but that what they want you to do at that point is not be hybrid. They just want it to be a camcorder. So let's go to camcorder. The problem is camcorders are specific for video alone and when you've done that, now you've kind of taken the ability for you to have, you know, a, a church picnic or a baptism uh, or, you know, a wedding at the church where you want to be able to use that to take photos as well. Um, that's kind of the the area we're finding and why we're talking about trying to have some type of a hybrid camera, something that will do more because we want to do more yeah. with less. So less money that we're spending to be able to do more and to be able to kind of build out for years. Unlimited record limit. I mean, that's one of the biggest features. No, that, that, that is one of the biggest features. You and Diana were talking about that early on and I'm like, it's no big deal. You just have somebody just listen to, (laughs) listen to the chaos of what was going on in my mind. Have somebody stationed by the camera so that whenever you hit 29 minutes and probably around 20 seconds, because sometimes it would shut off a little early. You might want to just press the record button and you know let them know let them know that hey you're going to have to hit the record button so take a good long pause yep. in your sermon and then wait for that to <laughs> right the memory to do its deal and then yeah. hit the button again and then it can start and then make sure you tell them that you got to confirm that the recording like you hear all that training that goes into that no right you need unlimited recording and and you guys were right yeah. from the get and, and that's, once that's like how that, that's the caving that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hear from you whenever you make your way over to iPhones. But I digress. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that that type of a caving, <laughs> and and I had that I don't know how many different times. I even like installed Magic Lantern on my Canons to be able oh, to yeah. bypass 
the unlimited recording. And all that does, it doesn't actually bypass it. It's still a limited recording. It just does auto stop, auto start. And then the process is you've lost anywhere between three frames and like 40 frames. It was like, I I could lose anywhere from, actually it was more than that. Cause I think at one point I lost like five seconds. So, I mean, 300 frames maybe at that point, you know, that's kind of where it, it became an issue. And I don't know why, but at least with my sermons, it always seemed like right around that 30 minute mark, I was making a, a really good point. And then when I was trying to take that one little clip, it's like, I, this isn't even usable. Like the, or even the, you've made the point and it's it's the climax of the of the sermon illustration and there's just the ending and you you need that time yep. to help smooth over what was just inflicted right there and you're like ah. yep. and they never get it the audience who's watching online never gets it and it might be Sorry. like where I we don't our church we don't post the video of the sermons I record the video every single Sunday we have it it's all saved it's there. It will be filed and stored. Maybe somewhere down the road, somebody will want to do something with it and they can. Sure. But on a weekly basis, what I will do is even though I've got the video recording, there's another part of the video that I do want and I do upload and that's the audio. Hmm. Could you imagine if at 30 minutes, the audio just cut out mid-sentence, how you're going to splice that audio back? That was what I was doing with the Canon. I was having to go back like three minutes prior and find a stopping point where I could kind of blend these together and make it sound somewhat reasonable. Whereas now I can just extract the audio straight out the video and upload it because there is no stop. That's, that's one of the big things that you'll want to look at is finding something that does have an unlimited record. And this will be depending on the budget that you've had. There are a lot of options out there. Um, I have found in at least my experience, Sony to be, one of the best when it comes to this, they heard from people that said, we don't like a arbitrary 30 minute record limit. I don't care about us and international laws with camcorders and what taxes and tariffs. Sony was just like, okay, you don't want this. We'll get rid of it. No problem. And they got rid of it. That's what led me over there. Now that's not the only reason that I have went to Sony. Um, Let's dive into some some more of those. Because here's one of the other things. You think about a small church, okay? Small church. You don't have a cameraman. You don't have somebody back there. So if you don't have somebody back there to, I don't know, maybe try to keep your video in focus? Yep. <laughs> you that might means need... your options are... Yeah, your options are to uh, be, <clears throat> which is not my skill set, to be a stationary pastor. And yeah. you've got your depth of field set up. Say maybe you're using my 2.8 lens right there. You're not going to be able to move several feet forward nope. or backwards and still remain in focus. Therefore, you either have to have it set on autofocus, and Josh will tell you the cameras that have really, and the brands that have really good autofocus, or um, you know you gotta you gotta be have somebody trained back there, um, really good at eyeballing, really good eyes. Or you've you've had to upgrade to a camera system that has somewhat focus peaking that can do that manually. Yeah, I recommend. I, I sometimes sometimes because we don't have a camera operator back in our place, I'll hit manual focus because we're all quasi in in mm-hmm. a line in focus, and I'll try to remember that as I'm 
as I'm preaching. But I'm I like to run up and down the stage and yep. get down in the audience and and do all sorts of stuff. So uh, you're just gonna have to choose what you want to do. But autofocus is really good. I've noticed on uh, Sony, yep. uh, Canon, they have good autofocus. Yep. And you're talking like you need you need to be able to turn around. And turn back around and it be able to lock on with Sony, your eyeball yeah. or your face. And with Canon, you need it to, if you move outside of its field of view and come back in, let it pick you up pretty quick. I think those two have the best. I have worked with uh, a Panasonic, and it, but it's a little bit older, days gone by. can't remember yeah. the, the model. And it had a horrible horrible autofocus i mean just no there was no face involved just kind of general direction and this right here i'm doing it with my hands for those of you who are listening kind of a a back and forth motion it's just it's always hunting yep always looking for where the focus should be and it doesn't necessarily know Uh, you don't have to worry about that on these newer model uh sonans sonans yep you know Make it make it make sense. <laughs> Canons and Sony's mercy. Yeah, you don't, and that's the thing I will say with Canon. They've always had great autofocus on there. And early Sony, like if if you were on a Sony platform uh, with their cameras, say four or five years ago, their autofocus wasn't great. Now yeah. it's great, and a lot of the comparison videos that you can find out there, they will even show side by side Canon and Sony, and Sony is many times better. Like they've got the autofocus down where it's not only capturing your face, it's capturing your eyeball, your eyeball. Like, and it is locking in on the eye. And I mean, you guys have probably even seen this with mine and I've got it set up to where if I put something up in front of this screen, you know, the lens, it automatically starts to shift the focus and it'll be on my hands. And then as soon as I pop it off, it's locking back on my eyes and on my viewfinder, I can see that. That has been powerful because I think my camera placement at our church is probably, I don't know, 25, 30 feet away. Uh, and I've got a 50 mil lens on it and it, it never loses me. It just, it never does. The only time I've ever seen it like lose me was when somebody got up to walk back and they walked across the camera and then it locked on their eye for a second and then it went back and it found me. That's that's really the only thing. And that it doesn't matter what platform you're going to have. That's going to be an issue. Uh, and the only real solution to that is what I then wound up doing was a tripod that I could extend up even higher. So that way they stayed kind of under the focal length. But that's something like the the autofocus is going to come in handy for small churches because they're not having that camera operator back there, somebody that's dedicated for that. So you can just kind of set it and forget it and trust that it will do what it's supposed to do. Or you can click manual focus, try to get it in there, try to use whatever focal tips and techniques you need with stand-ins, and you can wind up doing it that way. Um, Autofocus is just so much easier. And that's where you sit there and say, okay, if it's not the church service, what if we are doing more things? What if we are going to be out and about with, you know, at like a church function? Now that's where autofocus is really going to come in handy because you can span or scan and catch different people, different movements, things like that. If you're vlogging as pastor or somebody in your church is doing it, that's where that's going to help as well. Um, So that's where the autofocus is definitely a feature that you want to be thinking about um, as well. Um, 
What's another feature that you're thinking of, Jared, for churches that well, we need to be thinking about and considering? It's more of a concept because it, it's going to relate to uh, the whole 4K, 1080, you know, uh, resolution and yeah. uh, lenses. So I don't know if we want to bridge both from the same time, but the concept is yeah, you kind of need to know, right, the look, what do you want it to look like? And I would say practicality, uh, how far do you want to be away from your subject? Yeah. Because when Joshua was talking just a second ago about, you know, autofocus, and how it doesn't lose. Well, sometimes if you're far enough back, you have your camera far enough back and someone does stand up, you know, and, it, and the, the shot that you have incorporates the audience. Well, they're closer. They might be the subject, the camera thinks. And so it will pick up on their face and their eyeball and it shifted away from the main subject. Yep. Well, in my church, sometimes they don't sit down for a second. And they've stolen the show for the online <laughs> viewers for a while. And it's yeah. like, hey, you know, when you watch it back, you don't notice it in, the, in real life. But in, when you watch it back, you're like, that that was distracting. So right. if you want to kind of hedge your bets on that, you can um, you can do things when you get, invest in a, maybe a 4K camera where you can punch past those those items. Uh, you know, you can you can get further reach on on um, shorter lenses. And by that, I mean, like you have a wider lens. Maybe you have a 50 like like Josh is talking about, but you're a little bit further back. And so it incorporates some of the audience. You can push past them if you lock off in a manual focus on your subject on the stage. You don't have to worry anymore about that being uh, a thing or you're going to have to invest in a camera that can adapt the glass, as we like to say, the lens that is going to hit the look that you want. Mm -hmm. I, again, and that's that's for your different styles and your different your different um, just techniques of how y'all want to film. Because again, using Vaughn Sanders as a representative, he I think he has a um, what are those called? Mevo. What was that bad purchase? Mevo, bad purchase that I made. <laughs> he has a Mevo, and this is this is where it goes to like it's more the handler, that's more the operator than it is the uh, you know the camera sometimes. I couldn't make those things work to save my life. They would not work the setup that I have because we have poor Wi-Fi, poor internet, so they weren't pinging. But he takes – you can use a Mevo yep. and you can set it up right in front of you if you have good Wi-Fi. And it casts a pretty wide you know, pretty wide view and it can yep. almost track you and pan with you through its digital stuff. But uh, most people don't like to have a camera in front of them and their audience unless it is – um, the Mevos, by the way, are this big. If you're right. uh, listening online, it's the size less than your hand, a couple of fingers, three finger widths, maybe. Very small. Very, very, very small. And uh, it, most people don't want that. So you're going to have to, the further you go back, the one, better your resolution better be on your camera. And two, the the longer, the higher numbers your lens had better have right. in order to be able to reach out and, and see your subject. So you need to basically define what do I want my image to look like and what do I need to do to get there? Because the further away you go from your talent, the more expensive it gets. Yeah. And so here's one of the other things with a lot of these all in one type of cameras, like a point and shoot camera, you know, like my Sony ZV-1, a GoPro, your cell phone, the Mevo. Um, there's others kind of like that, you know, a lot of the the PTZ, you know, the pan tilt zoom type cameras, the all in one that have the lenses in there are going to create a, a limitation. There will be a limitation yes. on them at some point. Whereas if you get a camera body, like what we're talking about, like he's got with the a seven S three, like I've got with the a 6600, like I'm not going to recommend with the Sony FX three. 
uh, or FX30, like those, the bodies have an interchangeable lens. And because it has an interchangeable lens, your limitations are now drastically diminished. Because say you need to go right here. I'm this 16 mil. I am just over an arm's length away. And it's giving this nice wide field of view because it is a wide angle lens. So you can get that with a wide angle lens or 30 feet away. And I've got a 50, 50 mil at church. Or if you have to go farther away than that, you put on a bigger zoom and they'll make zooms that pretty much go up to whatever length you want, however far away you want. Now there's a price with all of those, but your limitation is virtually non-existent at that point, because instead of having to replace the whole unit or be locked in to a certain focal length, yeah. you can now interchange those lenses. And then beyond that, with the lenses, depending on what you want to buy and how you want to get it, you can have this, which has got the f-stop of 1.4. And all that is, is just the, the bokeh, it's the, it gives that blurry background. So it creates more of a focus on your subject. The one that I've got at church is the 50 mil 1.8. Uh, you've got the, the 2.8 and all of those are really good. And when you get up to like my vlog lens, which is the, the 10 to 18 and it's an F4, it's still good. It's just not going to give you that shallow depth of field in the background. It's not going to blur it as much. So it makes more that's in focus, but that's the thing that your lenses will really start to contribute to that. Whereas when you've got something like, you know, the Mevo or you've got a GoPro or you've got your cell phone or you've got a point and shoot, shoot camera. Those are body lens combos that are all built in and you can't interchange pieces. And because you can't interchange or swap them out, now you've created more of a, a limitation on it. And that's mm -hmm. where you sit there and you think about growing. And that's where we kind of come in with this. Having done this for a while, you add to it. Like when I first got this camera, I had the 10 to 18 and that was all like, that was the first lens that I bought. Then it was like, okay, what's the next one I need? I need it for church service. So I need something that can get me a farther distance. Where's my price at? Where's the budget? That's where I got their 50 mil because I knew that would give me about the focal length that I needed. And then after that, I wound up getting this one. Uh, and I haven't added any more to it just because I haven't had a need to at this point. Um, but if I ever want to, it's just a lens. Like that's all I've got to do. I don't have to replace the whole thing. I can just replace the lens. So that's something as you're growing and as you're looking, and even when you're getting ready to buy, that's where I'm going to always recommend an interchangeable lens system. So that way, as you improve and add to the lenses or in my scenario where I've had this a 6,600 for a few years and all of a sudden Sony wants to come out with a new unicorn of the FX 30. If I decide I'm going to get that, I don't have to replace everything. All of the lenses that I have will still work on that. So the only thing I have to swap out is just the body. And yeah. so it's not like having to go through an entire new system. That's, that's the things that we need to be thinking about, especially in small church ministry, as we're looking for these tools, because the stewardship aspect, we want to make the most of what we've got. So how can we stretch this out? How can we get more longevity out of it? Uh, and that's you'd, right. you'd say, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you're just looking. It used to be a time when if you bought a camera, there was something new, like computers were for a bit or cell phones. There was a new one coming around the corner that blew it out of the water. And, right. and it was like you were buying an ancient piece of kit and it was, you know, you're done with it for one season. You have yep. to use it, replace it one season. But now I think they're hitting a point where at least there hasn't been any massive breakthroughs. You can buy a system and be in it for four, five, six years. I, I have a... What is this? FS, what, what do I call it again? A7S3. A7S3. Good night. All the names of these things. <laughs> A7S3. I I love this thing. I, I, I don't see it in the foreseeable future getting rid of it. It does all the basic. Uh, there's no need, which is why I've been mad at Diana because she's pushing this FX30. There's been no need outside of for my own personal business to have a backup cam uh, you know, to replace this deal yeah. or to uh, find something new. So I would totally agree in that if you found something that was in your price range that did, uh, you knew what your use case was, and that was your camera, you could comfortably be in that thing and swap out the pieces for four, five, six years. Correct. The industry is not going to pass you by. Yeah. You're, you're going to be fine posting on social media until, you know, they come out and say, it's 4K and we're promoting 4K video only. Yep. You've got some time. We yeah. don't have the infrastructure to handle that. Well, and that's the other thing like I wanted to touch on because you had kind of brought up the 4K, the 8K and all of that stuff. And I wanted to kind of touch base on this real quick. Just sometimes there are these companies that are putting things out and it is hype. Um, like here's just a, a quick little example. I went over to bestbuy.com uh, and I might even be able to pull this up so you can see this. Uh, I typed in 4K TV. At BestBuy.com, there are 446 items there that they've got to put in. But if I type in 8K TV, there's now only 27. If people are going to be trying to get us to switch over to 8K on video recording, you would think that we probably need at least some type of an 8K device to be able to play said video. And when these companies don't even have the production volume of the devices right. to be able to contain it, we're good. It's a few years out before anything switches that way. When yeah. the vast majority, I mean, we're talking, what is that? Like 20 times the amount of 4K versus 8K. If your camera does 4K, you're set. Like you're set for a while. And in a more specific use case for those that are doing digital ministry and using YouTube, the largest creator on the platform, Mr. Beast does not upload any of his videos in 4k. He's still uploading everything in 1080p. So if your if your camera will do 4k, you're set, like you're good to go. So that's kind of the things that you want to start to look there and say, okay, well, this is 8k, but at an 8k recording, why is it really worth it? And then right. keep in mind the actual production of that, because now you've got to have a device that will actually record or edit and then export that 8K. And you're going to have to have the Internet bandwidth to be able to yep. upload it. And in rural America, you're not going to have that. And unless you've got the latest and greatest devices out there, you're not going to be able to edit it. Yeah. So you don't have the infrastructure, the back end to be able to handle that stuff. Don't need it. 4K. You don't need it more than enough. And then the only other thing with like the 4K is yeah, you sit there and you look at maybe, you know, the the frames per second, so the frame rate that you could potentially record in. Why would you need 
super high frame rates of 120, 240 frames per second. Why would we need that in church use, Jared? Oh, to preach your sermon in super slow mo. <laughs> your every yeah, it would take forever. Yeah, hundred one twenty. Uh, no, uh, to slow things down. That's why you want higher frame rates, or to give it an incredibly smooth look. But right now, if you were to if you were to record one hundred twenty at four K, I think that's a handful of cameras that can do that, and they would be on fire. By the right. end of your hour long sermon. <laughs> That's just silly. You've but, got one that will record 4K 120. 4K 120, but you don't want to put your hand to that thing whenever it's been cranking for right. 10 minutes or so. It is hot. Because you're pushing it to its limit for that. Yeah. Uh, here's the only time that I have recorded. Um, I think it was 4K. Actually, might have been 2.7K at 120 frames per second. So the only time I've done 120 frames per second for church water baptisms. And that was with a GoPro. Yeah. And all I wanted was I just wanted the slow motion. Actually, I did. I think One I still have favorite shots in history. Yeah. And actually, I did that not just with the GoPro in 120 frames. I did it with the camera up top that was outside of the pool as we were going down to. Uh, and that was just because in that moment to slow things down, because like, I was sitting there thinking, okay, Water baptism is a quick event. Like it's, it's fast, but I wanted to make the most of this moment and slow everything down because it's such a, you know, profound spiritual event for us that that's one of those things. But other than that, you don't really need it. Now for future proofing for some events like that, that's where slow motion can come in handy. Um, And that's where having 120 frames per second is good. A or my A6600 that I have, it will do uh, 120 frames per second in 1080p, and that's good. But I don't believe I get any audio when I do it that way. I think it's just video, and that's one of those limitations. Now, do I need that? Not necessarily. If that's the use case, if I'm just looking for the visual, I wouldn't necessarily need that. However, if I didn't know if I wanted it and I wanted to capture the whole thing just in case, That's where, again, a limitation. And I think the thing for us when we're trying to find all of the features that we would need, try to plan out what are some of the use cases that we would be using this for and try to prevent as many limitations as possible. We want to create the fewest amount of burdens that we have so that what we wind up purchasing will build us through and will wind up lasting. couple other things that I just want to put out there real quick that I think are features and I want to kind of wrap up on some of this time that these are just some high level features that I think we need to be looking at and not discounting. Yes. Screen. Screen. Yep. Flip out, flip up, whatever you've got. Yours flips out and rotates. It's fully articulating. Mine just flips up, does the 180 on it. As long as you... How what? No, I mean, like I get it, but for my use case, when I think about what we do... I don't know how you do what you do. Uh, it's Well, I had to get a relocation plate to move the cold shoe because I can't stick my microphone on it now. Yeah. Because yeah. the microphone would be blocking the screen and then the screen wouldn't flip up all the way because it'd be running into the back of the mic. So that was a limitation on this and I had to buy something in addition to help get around that limitation. Yeah. But having some type of an articulating screen is handy if you're one man show doing it yourself 
Or if you're, if you've got a, a guy that, or a guy or gal that can run the video so that they could be looking around at the screen to be able to see where it's pointing and where it's looking at and have a little I, bit of I would say it's crucial. Yeah. That, I mean, I know we're, we're talking about some side elements here, but if you are doing Very it yourself, important. it is near crucial, at least that it flips up that you can see itself. Because there are some cameras, some older ones that are just, it's fixed in the back. And I... I People have to get very creative with mirrors and stuff to find out if they are in frame and where they're at in frame. Yep. yep. So if you're trying to copy a look or if you have something in your mind that you're going for, you're going to want to be able to see yourself in some way, shape, form, fashion. Yeah. And and to be able to have some type of a display on there where you can get a quick reference and a quick readout. I use it all the time on Sunday mornings because I've got a few different presets, one for in the studio, one for out vlogging, one yeah. for at church. All different lighting setups, the color profiles, all that stuff, the white balance is already set. And I need that and I need to be able to look at it real quick and do a reference. So yes, having some type of a a screen and an articulating screen, very important. Another thing that churches aren't thinking about and they probably should is having a system that will allow you to do USB streaming from the camera. Because let's say that you want to actually stream your church service, but you don't want to go spend an extra 150 bucks yes. on a cam link to be able to take the feed and then put it through all you, and have to buy an extra HDMI cable to be able to do that and make sure that you actually have a camera, Sony, that will give you a clean feed out, unlike my Canon M50, which never did. So you got to try to figure out how to do that. He's not sour about it. No, these, hey, the new Sonys, the one thing I like about them is they're doing that. Like I've got this, it's a micro USB and I can feed that out and it will give you the same image that you see right here, only in a lesser resolution because I'm running the cam link 4K through that, but it'll give you a lesser resolution, but it will stream what the camera sees without any displays or dialogues just by a USB cable. The newer ones, your A7S 3 and the one that I'm not recommending, which is the FX30, not recommending, um, recommending. Yet. That one, uh, they will do that by USB-C. And if I am correct, it actually does 1080p through that, where this one I think is 720p is where it maxes out. And some of them are even like 480, and that's where they cap those through USB streaming. But through the USB-Cs that do the streaming and not only streaming the video feed, but it's also powering your camera at the same time through that same cable, which then it kind of eliminates one of those other things about battery, which your cell phone, your battery is going to drain if you're trying to use that. A small little point and shoot, your battery is going to drain if you try to use that. A GoPro, it's going to drain if you try to use that. Something like this with a bigger battery, it'll last. And then if you have the USB charging, last even better. Those are some of the things that I don't think we're often thinking about. And one other thing that I'm a little envious of you, and it's why I might have to buy the camera that I'm not recommending, which is the Sony FX30, dual SD card slots. Oh, I don't know how we ever lived in that caveman state before it. I've got one, and I don't know how many times, actually this Sunday was a perfect example where this was full, I hadn't cleared it off, so I had to last minute run to the office, pray, and be thankful that I had a backup. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> otherwise, I would have had to go take this, put it into my MacBook, and then try to take footage off of it just so I had enough. However, yours and the FX30 that I'm not recommending, dual SD card slots, and the CFast Express, and dual Don't- on those. Don't even worry about that, folks. Don't worry about that. That that gets out of hand. It gets all I'm saying it with that. If you don't know what it is, that's fine. Future proofing for your memory. Yes. And here's one other thing, Jared. You were kind of mentioning, you know, 120 frames per second, whatnot. Um, yes, sir. You know, and sometimes that makes these things rather hot. Uh, Diana is sitting here in the chat, and she actually uh, kind of mentioned one of the other features of the camera that I'm not recommending, it has <laughs> the a Sony FX30, it. it has a built-in fan to keep it I cool. saw it. So. I saw it. Ultimately, when you're looking for a camera, for your church, for your ministry, look for, uh, oh, and here's one other thing. I don't even think we mentioned about the the actual form factor. Your A7S three is a full frame. Yes. My A6600 A6, is a, um, what do they call them? ASPC, um, APSC, APSC, sorry. Yes. Uh, basically a super 35 type of thing. The one that I'm not recommending the Sony FX 30 is an APSC. I do recommend for solo content creators and for small churches, APSC is a platform for one main reason, two main reasons. The biggest <laughs> one being the price. The lenses that you can get for the APS-C cameras are by far a lot cheaper than the full-frame type lenses that you would be getting. Now, if you get the full-frame lenses, they will still work on an APS-C. If you're on Sony, it just provides an extra crop. It's like a 1.5 crop and punch in on the focal length, which I use to my benefit. That's how I get the 50 mil to work over that distance because it operates like a 75 mil at that point. But it's not only that, APS-C cameras and their lenses are this is much it. lighter. This is it. They are much lighter. Like, I would have no worries about setting this with the little weight that it has in the hands of a teenager, run around with it, record, film, have fun. If they feel it was like something, toys. Yeah. If it was something that was heavier, like your A7S three with those big lenses on it, No, I'm not sure I would be comfortable that because then we're also looking at a huge price difference and you're essentially looking full frame equivalent. And I'll use this, the, the Sony FX 30, which I'm not recommending, uh, compared to its big brother, the Sony FX three, which is the full frame equivalent, the FX 30 that'll be dropping later this month that I'm not recommending is got a list price of $1,800. It's big brother, the full frame equivalent is $3,900. So um, when I'm a small church pastor and this has got to come out of my pocket, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the thing that isn't as expensive and still will do everything I need it to do and then some. Oh, I'm, I'm a gear junkie. I'm going to get it one way or the other. It's just going to happen. But my selling point would be it's light. It's light. Forget that noise. Yeah. Carrying these cameras around. No, yeah. thank you. We're all aging through this this life. <laughs> you know, we're getting older. <laughs> Backs are breaking. You know, no, thank you. Yep. So 
ultimately, I guess if I were to recommend a camera for you, um, I will now recommend the FX 30. <laughs> and w- will I buy it? I maybe. Yes. It depends Possibly. on how much I would say. I, I give you a 75% chance that you're going to buy it. The only 25% chance that you don't is because you're stubborn. And it would just be to like stick it to De- Diana and uh, Jared that you're not going to well, buy it. But So, and I was telling Jared before, even before we went into our pre-show or the pre-pre-show, I was telling him that um, I was happy. Like I did my research on what would I need and what are all the bells and whistles that I would need uh, for a camera. And my a6600 does that. And it would still last me for a few more years. I don't need to replace it. That being said, having it and having had it for a few years now, if there were, if there were things that I would want and things that I would be looking at, and if I were to build out my ideal camera, what would it look like? Uh, Sony did it with the FX 30. Yeah, They created the camera that I never thought any other platform was going to create. And I thought I was going to have to continue to make compromises with the FX 30. I won't have to make any compromises. I know others will because they'll sit there and say, well, I only want to do full frame. I don't want to do APS-C. And if that's, if that's you, that's fine. I get it. I understand it. Go with the big brother, the FX3 then, if that's what you want. Um, but for me, for my use case scenario, for where I see my church, my ministry, this digital ministry, where I see that going, there's nothing that they could add to the FX30 that I, I would really need. Like I, and I've been racking my brain for the last, um, yeah, for the last week trying to figure out, but do I want to? Do I need it? Do I need it? No, this will work. That would be the only thing is whether I'll spend it because I don't need it. But when it comes to what we were just talking about, future proofing, I know that there will be coming in the next few years a limitation to this A6600, and I will need to upgrade at that point. So that's where yeah. I'm going through and making, trying to make the decision now. Do I want to go ahead and just upgrade now and then extend that out a few more years beyond that with the FX30? Or do I want to hold off and then see if there's something? But that's where I keep coming back to, what would they release that I would want that they haven't already released in this? And that's where I just haven't found it yet. Still some time. But to answer Vaughn's question right here, I'm curious if Josh would recommend the FX30. Yes. (laughs) Hey, I want to get to a couple of these uh, comments here before we uh, wrap up here. Uh, let's see. What about Canon? If you go, this is John, go to the EOS webcam utility and just stream to the computer that way. So that's the thing. Canon does do that. The EOS webcam utility. Um, the one thing I, that has frustrated me cause I used that for a while. I kept having lots of issues with their webcam utility. Yes. I'm yes. sure it has improved than when it was, but I will say when I was having issues trying to get that to work and then I got the Sony as soon as I plugged it in, at least with Ecamm, which is what I use the stream, instantly took off and I never had any issues. It it didn't create any problems. So that's one. I also know that the US webcam utility back then, it was limited on the um, limited on the resolution that it was giving out. And that's the one thing looking at those type of resolutions. 
The cable matters. So if it's a micro USB, you're going to get a lower resolution than a USB-C. Thus why I wasn't, but I am now recommending the FX30. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Brian Sarosa, I'm a one-man band. I We get it. Hey, one-man bands are, are those things where you definitely got to think about it. How are we going to run it? Uh, as far as budgeting and stuff goes, and with us as pastors having to do it, I do like a point that Diana makes here. She says that the church always has the ability to budget gear if a church, they can convey them vision as to why you need the camera. $2,000 over 30, 30 people is only $67 per person. It is possible. And yeah, I think that's the other thing that a lot of small churches don't do very well is they can't convey very well the need and the vision for it. Um, they often don't do that. And I think a lot of that comes down to the pastor being able to cast the vision because they, part of that is you've got to buy into the vision. And sometimes you haven't bought into the vision until you've started to taste it and experience it. And once you see the fruit from it, then it's easier to convey it. So that's where, at least in my experience, that's been some of the the dilemmas. Like I wasn't going to tell people to come on board and help support, you know, two grand for a system when I wasn't even sure how it was going to work. Yeah. So that's one of those things, but I do get it. Um, John asking what frame rate uh, was that in with losing the video? Uh, I'm guessing what he was talking about was when I I was mentioning with the M50. You think? No, I I thought he was talking about uh, your vlog where you. Am I getting mixed up here? Maybe. Yeah. If it was when I had the Camon M50 and I lost the video on that, um, I'm pretty sure all I ever shot was in 24 frames per second. Uh, Maybe 30, I would occasionally do that. Uh, But those are pretty much the only frame rates that I would do. No, we just now started shooting 30. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Canon R7 and R10 can record over 30 minutes now, though, thankfully. There you go. Yeah. What's the price tag on that? I don't want to look it up. (laughs) Uh, Vaughn saying that we just had a consultant come in, recommend AV equipment and placement. We've had too many issues with our Mevo. Um, Thank you. I see. I had so many issues with our Mevo and Vaughn's like, nah, man, I'm living the dream over here. Love this Mevo. Look at it. Cranking out content. I'm thinking, what am I doing wrong with this thing? Good to hear Vaughn. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry to hear, you know, wished it would have worked out the whole time, but. But man, I'm I'm glad to know that I'm not a, like just crazy pants. Max yeah. distance. Uh, max distance from the stage and to mount the camera recommendations. Look, uh, it all depends on your uh, what lens you're using um, and it, what it, you want it to look like. Yeah, yeah. And quite frankly, like one of the the next lens that I will wind up purchasing for my Sony system uh, is most likely going to be that Tamron 17 to 70 f 2.8. And that'll be the one that I'm definitely using for church. Uh, Cause then I've got my 10 to 18 and then I've got 17 to 70. So I'm good. But the other thing that Canon does because they have like a 6k sensor um, with the APS-C ones, and then it kind of crops in to give you the 4k image, they have a clear image zoom and it will punch in another one and a half on top of that. So a that's Sony, not Canon. Oh yeah. Sony. Sorry. Uh, So with that clear image zoom, that would essentially if you figure I've got a 70 mil plus an already APS-C 1.5 crop on there is going to be like 105 mil. And then you do the clear image zoom up to another 
1.5 on top of it, you're essentially looking at like 160 mil focal length. So that should get you close to 100 feet. Maybe ish. So depending on what you want to look. Yeah. Yeah. It, it depending. Are you wanting like a, a shoulder shot? Are you wanting a full body? Right. Those types of things. Cause yeah. I, I've got a 70 to 200 on my full frame and just, so that is what it is. And we're approximately a hundred feet away and that, that can get too tight. Yeah. It, you know, just depends. Yep. So yeah, that's the good thing with the interchangeable lens systems. You can get whatever you want. Um, but yeah, that's been the biggest obstacle, how much we'd have to zoom to get into the shot. The thing that I would recommend is one, figure out where you would want to place the camera and then what the distance is, and then call up some friends, a Joshua, a Jared, and say, hey, what distance do you have? What lens do you have? Can you tell us what focal length you would recommend, especially whether it's on APS-C or um, a full frame, you know, and just kind of go from there. And then once you've got that, if you're confident that it'll be the right thing for you, go ahead and buy it outright. If not, you can do a lens rental. Keep in mind, most places you can oh, still get a thirty million, a thirty day back, uh, you know, refund on it if it's if it's wrong. But yeah, a lens rental would be a great option for it too. Which that's actually that, that would be the great. step that I will make in getting that Tamron is I will go through like a lens rental to get it just to make sure it want it's going to do what I want, and then I'll buy it directly from them at that point. It can feel like a waste of money, but you don't want to you don't want to outright buy something and then not be able to use it. That yeah. that's worse. Now, if you knew it was one of two. And you're pretty sure it's this one, but just in case you're wrong, it'd be this one. I might, if it was that case, I might go ahead and just buy the one that I'm pretty sure it is. And then if it wasn't, know that I, I can return it. But lens rental would be a whole lot easier. Uh, Vaughn saying, I just picked up a Sony AX43A Handycam, Sony in their naming, uh, to connect to vMix, see how that works. So there's one of the other things. I guess I didn't even think about this. We do have a Canon Vixia uh, like handy cam camcorder down at the church that we use, but that's only for like internal, mm -hmm. um, projection at, in the like children's church and nursery rooms, uh, because the picture quality on them is just not nearly as good. But I do know that Trey Van Camp had been using some of those, uh, handy cams, uh, the Sony ones. I don't know if it's the exact one or not, but I, that looks familiar and he had been using those for his church. And that's the other thing that they do have, you know, that zoom. So that can come in handy. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just, I mean, if, and that's the thing, if I was going to have like dedicated stuff at the church, um, that might be something I was doing if that's in there. And if the church has got the budget, by all means. Yeah. So I like that. Well, he's um, stream first, as I recall, right, Vaughn? Yeah. You're just stream. I mean, so that's going to be perfect. Uh, Diana, laugh out loud. Mevo is how churches get swindled unless you're outside or the quality isn't the priority. You know, there was another one of those companies and I can't remember what it was, but it was like a robotic camera thing. Um, was it like Pixio or uh, which one was that one? Well, it wasn't the Pixio. That's the one I've got, but it was like the Pixio, but it was, um, we wore the badge and you walk back and forth and it tracks yeah. the badge. There, there was something that. like that that was a, a built-in camera system, and I had been looking at that for churches and then come to find out that they even say this is for outdoor use only, which means that they're relying a lot on, like, contrast detection, I'm guessing, um, to be able to isolate and locate where it's at. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, Diana, we had to upgrade the internet and Wi-Fi to get decent quality. Uh, it served its purpose. And that's the thing. Uh, some of the stuff that you buy, you know, it's just going to be for, you know, seasonal thing. And that would be something else to look at. Like if you're looking for future proofing, if you don't know what you're going to be using and you don't know all the use cases, then maybe just get something that's a little bit easier and more of an entry level right now. If that's the case, that's where I still recommend the uh, Sony ZV-1. It is a point and shoot. It is kind of entry level stuff. You're not going to be able to really do a full sermon on it unless you attach a battery pack to it to try to feed the power. Then it might be able to do it, but it'll give you a good idea at least of what some of the use cases you could be using would be uh, without being like Amiibo where you can only use it for a season and then pitch it and it's gone. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brian Sarazoza, thanks guys for the podcast today. Catch you later. Uh, Diany, <laughs> FX30, built-in fan. Yep. Uh, oh, yes, and dual SD card slots are a joy. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey yeah. I didn't say it earlier, but you still run into the same problems that you had. You just have two cards now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It, it probably will be. Uh, oh, yeah, weight is everything. The A7 IV had me shaking with the 70 to 200, uh, which <laughs> I love. That's a beast. Full fame uh, requires me to build up some muscles. Yeah, we were talking about how unless you're like Jack, like Peter Lindgren, um, yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. 100% peer pressure coming down from me. Uh, you know, and I and you guys know me well enough. I don't really succumb to uh, peer pressure that well, but I will say that like, and I, I was telling, I think Genevieve the other day, actually, and my brother as well, cause he had called me and I was talking to him about the FX 30 and it was like, I, and I've got notes somewhere. What would my dream camera be? It would have all of these things. And now the FX 30 comes out and it's like, well, it had all those things and then some, mm -hmm. so maybe, uh, just Razin for doing it on the cheat because you know, that's how a lot of churches are. Honestly, a lot of churches do that. Um, we do, yeah. We uh, do. But probably when you dropped a few seconds not having it usable. Uh, oh, so usually when my frame rate, like when I'm recording, it's dropping that stuff. Um, the only issues I've had with it dropping a few seconds was just the during the record limit. Um, and that might have been where it was a different time. I couldn't get it to replicate. That was the thing with the Canon when I had Magic Lantern for the auto stop, auto start. It was set every single time. It was the exact same lens, exact same settings. And I'm pretty sure it was 24 frames per second. Sometimes it would be like one or two frames and you would never notice it. And then the next, it would be a couple seconds. So, um, Diana, uh, R7, $1,900. Uh, Canon R10, uh, $1,100. Hmm. And it's Canon. Enough said. Uh, we're probably looking at 45 to 50 feet um, from the pulpit, from back to the pulpit. Yeah, so in that, um, you know what? I might even try that. I'll, I'll see where we're at on that stuff. And I've got the um, ZV-1 because that's a 28 to 70, I think, on it. Maybe. I don't remember. I thought it said somewhere, but I can't remember. Um, yeah, I'll check. But I, I would venture to say that 70, 75 mil uh, should definitely 70. get you. 
get you in that range where you would be wanting. Um, and I can even check that with my A66 and uh, the Nifty 50 on it because I can do the clear image zoom, which will take me up to 75 equivalent on APS-C body. But yeah, you do that too, Jared. Check it out. Let's let's look at like 45 feet, tape it off, um, and we can just take some still frame kind of things okay. where give John an idea of what it would look like with full frame, what it would look like with uh, APS-C. So. I'll do it Sunday. Anyway, uh, Von Sand, by the way, based on your discussions, I've been talking more with my folks about digital ministry and many excited and amazed by the reach our little church has. Yeah. That's cool, I, isn't it? Yep. That's and one I, of the fun parts of this whole thing. It is, because when they start to see how it's impacting people and and the reach that you have, I mean, like to think small churches, you know, that, hey, we're not even hitting triple digit in attendance but we're hitting like four, five, six digit more in reach. And it's on pretty much every continent except for maybe Antarctica. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it our the what we're doing, it goes all around the world. Like that is that's amazing. Yeah. The age that we're in. <laughs> Indeed. All right, Jared, any more parting shots you got? I got nothing. All right. Well, that's all I got too. So I guess until next time, stay blessed. Enjoy God's best. Have a fantastic week.